Blog Talk Radio. T-minus 30 seconds and counting. You know, this used to be a hell of a good country. I can't understand what's going on with it. Chaos. 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 T-minus 15. Oh, they're not scared of you. They're scared of what you represent. 10, 9, ignition sequence start. What you represent to them is freedom. We have ignition. And that's exactly right. (laughs) Good evening, Texas bikers and bikers all across the nation. This is Texas Biker Radio number 310. And the title of Bike Tonight's Show, Bike Show, Tonight's Show is uh, The Harley Boycott and Bully Cops. And my name is Bill Popeye Moss, my co-host. Mel O.G. Robbins. We are with Sons of Liberty Riders MC, and we are your host of this show each and every week. And good evening, Mel. How are you doing? Doing good. Huffing and puffing. Uh, <laughs> for some reason, I was thinking 830. <laughs> I think I keep uh, moving that around. That's the okay. There. That's okay. Yeah. <clears throat> you, you alerted me, and I made it. <laughs> I was beginning to wonder if I was going to do this by myself, but uh, hey. Oh, Mel, hey, let's. Uh, are you ready to just dig right into it? Oh, hell yes. Yeah. You'll, hey, you'll hell have yes. to let me know. You'll have to let me know if I start breaking up or disappearing or something. Okay. But. I'll yeah. Do that. Okay. Um, yeah, it's been a while since we used this format. Uh, and Mel, let me tell you, the new studio, uh, I just ordered the uh, acoustic materials that I'm going to put in there. And so uh, within within a week or so, that will start going up and it'll start taking shape. So cool. we're getting closer. We're getting closer. But uh, Mel, let's let first of all let's talk about. It came up on Facebook the other day about the uh, the Harley Davidson boycott. I don't know whether President Trump is suggesting that or not, and what what those bikers were doing uh, with him. They were raising their fists in the air. I, Mel, what the hell was all that about? Shades of NFL. That's all I can say. You know, it, uh, uh, I, <laughs> I, I, I have mixed feelings to some degree, but you know, we need to remember that Harley Davidson talked about doing this well before Trump was president, and it was a pure marketing and bottom line issue with the company where they needed Mm -hmm. to construct a factory overseas so they could produce motorcycles for that market there. Right. Uh, 
And, uh, you know, it was pure economics, and uh, they had advised everyone they were doing this. They were very public about it, nothing secretive. And they were going to move some operations around down here to try and and create a few more jobs, which have always got people that will immediately jump out there and say, boycott, boycott. Mm -hmm. Well, I know how you feel about boycotts. And uh, uh, basically, they tend to be useless. Uh, You know, Harley-Davidson has been around for a long time. They make their mistakes. They surely do, and they surely have in the past. But, you know, they came out with this Milwaukee 8, and I have yet to hear anyone complain or bitch about that one. Now, we're all kind of shaking our heads over the electric motorcycle. I think that's going to be an epic fail. But then again, I'm not a millennial nor a snowflake, so there's no telling how that one's going to go. (laughs) By by the same token, uh, you know, I've been a pretty staunch Trump supporter all along, but I think... uh, I got to say, I think Trump's wrong on this one. I think he is wrong. I think he's doing all the right things for the trade wars, but uh, I think he is maligning a company when he shouldn't because I don't think he totally understands what the hell's going on here. I mean, let's, let's, let's look at it. Japan has Toyota and Honda manufacturers here. They manufacture their brand here, and they bypass tariffs. So based on what Trump's saying, he should immediately kick out uh, Toyota and Honda and make them go back to Japan. Mm -hmm. Makes sense to me. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, You know, Trump is right about the country getting shafted by all these bad deals that's been made in the past and where the, uh, these other countries that subsidize their manufacturers, you know, it, it, he's right in what he's saying, the trade deficit, everything else, he's right in what he's saying. Now he does not understand the, uh, uh, let's put it this way, the, the, the biker world. And in particular, when it comes to motorcycles and Harley Davidson, he doesn't quite get it. There's there's no way you're going to successfully boycott a popular product, especially one that, uh, you know, uh, claims to be the American motorcycle, you know. Uh, and that's probably where the, the riff comes in. You know, to, um, my God, they don't want to see it going off over a plant going off overseas. They think it takes away American jobs, which uh, which it may. Uh, you know, but I, if it's just specifically for that market, then, you know, I, I, I'm like everybody else. You have mixed feelings about it. But we understand from a standpoint that Harley-Davidson's got to make money to survive. And the millennials and Gen Xs, they present a uh, a clear and present danger to Harley-Davidson. The fact is that all they give a damn about is their electronic gadgets. And people are not getting their children out and introducing them to something other than playing games and sitting on their asses and feeling like they they uh, are, are special 
or they they're owed something. And they're certainly not. But they this is the this is the way they feel and it, this is my opinion just off of what I see and off my own grandchildren. What I see out of young people. Because let me tell you, Mel, young people nowadays, they got expensive tastes, man. Yes, they do. And it's a uh, instant gratification. It's not like uh, when you and I grew up where you built a muscle car or uh, mm-hmm. as a lot of our listeners uh did uh, back a few decades where they uh, they wrenched their own bike. They built their own bike. They customized it. They made it there. Mm-hmm. Uh, these millennia, these millennials, and these snowflakes don't get it. No. They look at a motorcycle. <laughs> the first thing they want to know is, does it have? Does it have a stereo or, you know, uh, will it play CDs or does it have uh, an entertainment center and how many watts is it? How many speakers? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Forget That's the it. engine. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. How many gadgets can you put on? Uh, hey, I don't know if you call. caught the interview or not, but uh, on Fox News, they were interviewing uh, this guy that uh, represents himself as president of Bikers for Trump, mm-hmm. and they were asking him about this Harley Davidson scenario, and he also brought up the fact that Harley Davidson announced they were closing that factory years ago. Yeah, before Trump was involved. So I think he was even a little mystified as to what in the hell those bikers were doing in the White House. Yeah. I mean, you know, they managed to get their way in. First of all, Mel, let me say this. If if I had a chance to speak to the president, and you know I talk to politicians all the time, but if I if I had a chance to speak to Donald Trump, I, I would surely want to meet with him and discuss my concerns. And it wouldn't have anything it wouldn't have much to do with Harley Davidson's. We got a lot of things going on out here. As you and I know it and the rest of the people that listen to us know. And I sure, certainly wouldn't be like LeBron James, who would, who says, uh, well, no, I wouldn't meet with him. Uh, my God, I wouldn't do it. But, hell, I would. You're going to get a chance yep. to get your point across to the top guy? But, again, now, those electric motorcycles, now, there may be a niche market for those and some type of delivery services, something like that, you know. But for the guy that loves the sound of his bike, that that loves the harmonic sound when riding in a pack between the V-twin engines, for the for the people that love that and love the torque. Now let me say say this: electric motorcycles, electric engines, or electric motors can produce a lot of torque. A lot. But it's still just not the same. I I can't see that uh, any biker that I know would be tooling around on an electric motorcycle. 
not anyone I would want to be seen with. <laughs> I mean, you know the you know the patch. Loud pipe saves lives. I don't know what yep. kind of patch you would have over an electric motor. Mm. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I mean, there 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 was talk uh, for deaf people who've been complaining they can't hear electric cars. They've been talking about adding some sound to those cars where they actually make a noise. So. Yeah, they can feel the vibration. Yeah, yeah. So, uh, I don't. Electric bikes are fine with me. They can go out there. I, I, that won't be. There may be a market for it. I don't know. From what I understand, the CEO of Harley Davidson now is a European type, and so this may be where all this is coming from. I don't know, but we'll have to do some more study on that, and we'll see what. Happens. But I really think their focus should be on on uh, creating advertisement that plays to the millennials and Gen X's. And programs that gets them up and off their asses and onto a bike. Just my opinion. Just my opinion. Because right now, you know, we go to a Harley showroom and whatever else. I mean, they're living off. They're living off the the our generation. Is what. Is my opinion. Now there is a lot of young guys out there buying bikes. Don't get me wrong. It's not the not enough of them. Sustainability. You know that word. I really don't like that word, but that's that's true for Harley Davidson. They've got to find. Uh, they know what's coming down the pipe. With millennials and Gen X's, they know, and it's not just Harley Davidson's that can talk about it. There are many other motorcycle companies, other industries uh, that they're worried about the same thing. But we'll we'll see where it goes. I won't be buying an electric motorcycle. That's just a tiny one for fun <laughs> I don't know <laughs> there's a lot of things I said I would never do that I ended up doing but not that one I don't think uh, hey Mel uh, let's, let's talk a minute about that uh, the profiling that went on in Houston uh, after a COCI meeting what do you think about that Well, I think it's a product of what we've all been hearing about a new dominant club that has appeared in Texas. And uh, there's been a lot of activity by that club down around the Houston area and San Antonio. And I think it's got the police departments or law enforcement all the Twitter. And I think they're getting out there 
and they're doing some blatant profiling to let everyone know that they're out there and they're watching. Now, was it right what they did? No, hell no, uh, because mm-hmm. it's profiling, and all it does is promote uh, our cause as to what we're fighting for to get this anti-motorcycle uh, profiling bill passed. Uh, but that's my take on why all of a sudden you see that kind of activity. I think it's because of that. Yeah, you know, Mel, since since Waco and, and Peaks, it seems like, and maybe I'm wrong, that the, the there's a profiling spillover. I mean, it's just, it's, it is really is nationwide. Yep. And in some cases, it's been worse in other states than it has been here. But now it seems to be, have been ratcheted up here in this state. And, you know, Mel, it wasn't that long ago. We had FBI testimony in San Antonio that the COCI is a legitimate political organization, and that the you FBI betcha. had even, at the FBI had even adopted some of the tactics that uh, COCI members had used in the state legislature. Now, there are plenty of police officers out there who read these reports put out by the DPS, the FBI, these these gang assessment reports, which they throw the banditos in there, and it's awful funny that they don't don't throw anybody else in there. I mean, nobody else even gets an honorable mention. Well, wait a minute, I think there was one. It escaped my mind. That's going to be the sacrificial lamb in Texas, you know. But, Mel, we, that data, that data that they collect is is weak at best. Oh, it's just because, cookie I mean, cutter from year to year. Yeah, That's well, if it, was, if it was as bad as they say it is, and let me tell you, man, <laughs> it would, bikers would be in the news every night. And, you know, Mel, I talk about us losing the drug war, and we really are. They ain't even making a dent in that shit, man. So, oh, the drug war is shit. That's so let, let me tell you. It's unbelievable. Let me tell you, man. All, if you want to know what's going on in the drug war, go to Breitbart, Texas. Breitbart, Texas. And, man, they're on top of it. You will see all the mess that's going on at our at our border. Let me tell you, that, Mel, there are record amounts now of uh, phenytol crossing into California. Now, phenytol is the drug that killed Prince, and then put a put another uh, Hollywood type in a, in in drug rehab over the weekend. She got a taste of that stuff. Now it's mixed in with this. These other drugs that came across the border, I think it was mixed in with oxycodone, Mel. Oh, that's a biggie. Oxycodone yeah. is very popular. Yeah. So, so this phenytol that came from Mexico is mixed in with the oxycodone. Now, everybody beware out there that might be using this kind of junk. 
<laughs> go to Breitbart and read what's going on at our border. You'll see what's happening. You'll see Mexican security forces mail are now deployed on tourist beaches. This is how bad it got. It's it's out of control. Well, oh, there's no way in spread. hell I'd be going to Mexico right now. Ah, oh, all right, and I'm fixing to go. And as a matter of fact, my niece and nephew just went over to Ireland. It was uh, mm-hmm. uh, uh, my niece owns a uh, couple of all state agencies, so it was a big all state thing, and uh, they had their whatever in Ireland. <clears throat> and uh, my niece and uh, uh, other relatives all wanted to go to uh, London and visit London, oh. Oh. Uh, which they've been over there this week. I pick them up at the airport uh, later this week. So they've been in London, and that terrorist attack, I, I told them when they, mm-hmm. when they went, I said, watch your back, watch your back. Of course... They probably all think I'm a I'm a lunatic biker, uh, and I'm I'm just paranoid, you know. But I said, watch your back. And sure as shit, my niece uh, made the announcement this morning. She was across the street from that terrorist attack this morning. Oh yeah. She saw it go down. Saw it okay. go down. Oh my God, Mel. Let me tell you, and I. I, I I'm going to touch on what's going on over in Europe here in a little bit, but uh, I, I we're going to be talking about that a little bit further down the line here because I'm not finished with with the COCI and the uh, right. the fact that uh, bikers have been stopped. Let me let me ask you this, Mel. Do you think it may be that these people are these government entities are beginning to ha- harass us because we are involved in the political process. Do you think that? that uh, they- yeah, yeah. Plus, which it's a well-known fact that most bikers, or a lot of the bikers, are veterans, mm-hmm. and veterans are considered an enemy of the state. If you'll remember the report that came out on that. Mm -hmm. It was put out by Homeland Security, and veterans are considered uh, to be potential terrorists. Right up there, Mel, with 65-year-old tea partiers. That's right. (laughs) I mean, lunatics. Lunatics, Mel. And I always want to say, you know, to the powers that be out there, they want to harass bikers or collect random data for, for us participating in the political process. I mean, Mel, let's face it. I mean, it is our right to peaceably assemble per the Constitution. It doesn't matter who you might be. It doesn't matter what club you might be a member of or who you associate with. Your male, your constitutional rights never really go away. Even if you're on paper, even 
and they lock you up, you still can can seek redress by writing, by knowing the law. You can seek redress by protesting and participating in the political process. They cannot stop you from doing that. Now, they may stop you from voting, but they don't stop you from working for a candidate in the background. Just does. Right. They can't do it. They just can't totally shut you out, shut you down. Everybody keep that in mind. Keep that in mind as we go forward here and we ask you to participate. You know, participating is is easy. It's as easy as sharing this radio show. Participate. Be a part. Count for something. Exactly. Count for something. It I mean, was like have, I we have uh, there was a a uh, a post in the uh, uh, it was some gun uh, uh, gun enthusiast type page for New Mexico gun owners' mm-hmm. rights or something like that, and they had posted uh, how horrified they were that that judge had. Uh, let that terrorist go. He's out. He's out roaming around now on bail. That was running that compound where they were training children to uh, shoot them up in schools. And how horrified everyone was. And uh, I, I couldn't help myself. I commented. I said, you know, your major problem with your judges is when you go to the voting booth, a lot of people will ignore the judges that are up for a vote oh, yeah. because they either don't know them or they don't want to take the time. Exactly. Said, Until you start paying attention to who the hell's running for judge, there's going to be a lot of problems here. And maybe the best thing you could do at this point is start some kind of a recall process against some of these judges to put them on alert that the public's watching. So that just kind of, you know, goes along with what you were talking about. And what we were talking about was get involved, get involved in everything. Uh, skipping over the judges on the ballot is having a massive impact on what in the hell's going on in the courts, just like in Waco. Now, let me, let me reiterate how important that is about the judges, because in Texas, Mel, there is no recalls. Once they're in, they're in. That's bad. <laughs> that's, that's a fact. And I, I don't think enough Texans know that. Now, there's, once they're in, there's no fixing it unless, uh, unless they expose themselves on the Internet. <laughs> <laughs> you know, when when they when they come to a meeting or any place where bikers are assembling, and they start taking pictures and of the license plates and VIN numbers, you know, they're they're assuming that everybody there is some type of criminal or or having some criminal in 
intent without any information or of probable cause. Well, that's their favorite thing to do, too, is take yeah. pictures of license plates or write them down. Exactly. And we had that happen to, to uh, our Houston chapter members who were up here visiting us here in the DFW area. They walk out of the hotel, and the police are outside profiling their motorcycles, taking pictures, doing their thing, wanting to know who's in town. You know, you, you've got police officers that are running around collecting this data, and now it's just, now it's the motorcycle and the VIN number. If they're doing that, that's profiling everybody. Everybody. And I, I think it's a violation of our constitutional rights. We may have to check with our lawyer. But I certainly think it's a misuse of public funds to be running around. Uh, I mean, you know, I, I get Mel. I guess they get tired of checking drug addicts, low-level drug addicts. It's a hell of a lot safer taking a motorcycle than it is dealing with a, uh, maybe a terrorist. You know. True. <laughs> or a young black teenager's got an attitude because of all the shit he sees going on. I'm just saying. <sighs> you know what? After what we've seen over the past three years, we know that the. Uh, the, the collusion between judges, the DAs, and they don't even have to be college classmates. It's just the fact that they're judges and they have so much respect for each other that they're going to have each other's backs, you know, uh, to hell with the truth and the, uh, and the law. At Waco, just make it up as you go. Well, you know, law enforcement has what's called the thin blue line, and the judges take care of each other just like law enforcement takes care of themselves with the thin blue line. Yeah. Hey, Mel, uh, in uh, TexasBikerRadio.org, I wrote about profiling spilling over onto the rest of the motorcycle riding public unchecked. And uh, that's the title of that article. But in in that article, I have a link to a to the uh, North Texas Fusion Center. And that's interesting reading. But it it gives you some idea of what it is they're doing. Oh yeah, the the mysterious. Fusion centers. Exactly, Mel. And that's one of many. We don't even know how many there are, do we? Well, the bigger the bigger issue, not only in that is, uh, not only are we real sure about the number of them, but what the hell databases are they managing? Exactly. Because that seems to be very unclear. 
<laughs> and Mel, you know how I am when the DPS is involved in anything. Katie bar the door, man, because they're a bunch of lying son of a bitches. Yep. There, there's not a whole lot of truth spit out at all by the DPS. And you know, and that's just from what we know and what we've seen happen over the past three years, over three years now. And this mess continues. You know, and and I, I know right now all the lawyers, everybody's looking at this, this uh, supposedly new data that came in uh, uh, via the FBI from San Antonio, the San Antonio uh, trials, which they said had nothing to do with Twin Peaks. But yet they're going to give them uh, what they think is pertinent information and assume that's some phone calls or something. It'll be interesting to see uh, when and if some more trials move forward. Right now, everybody's in delay mode, including the attorneys for hikers. But I don't blame them. I'd want to know, too, what what new evidence it is they have. Uh, You know, I think it's a travesty that uh, they're taking Jake Carino back to trial. And you know what? We're going to end up down in Waco again. Because who knows, you know, the the fix is in, especially when the Fed gets involved with it. And just what kind of testimony might they admit this time? They go to, they're not going to allow the manager to get up there and testify again? Because he's certainly oh, one terrified. of them that got to... Go ahead. They're terrified. They're terrified. They've got to get something on, and uh, we're going to have to watch this one like a hawk. Yeah. Because they're going to try and do whatever they can to get a conviction. Yeah. Who knows this time? Maybe they'll bring out a six-foot fence, male, instead of a three-foot. Yeah. Uh, well, well uh, this time maybe they ought to. That's all I'm well, going to say. We'll be we'll be out in 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 force in front in front of McLennan County Courthouse, and we're gonna make sure that the trial is fair and the testimony that's being given is true, and not some made up shit by the FBI or the McLennan County hope Courthouse. The jury nullification. People go back to work quickly here. Yeah. Because they play an important uh, part in this. I think we're going to end up down there <laughs> shortly after we're back from Tennessee. Could be. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, I've pointed out these fusion centers, uh, you know, you, we, have, we have biased individuals that are collecting this data. Yeah. Or maybe... Individuals that don't know what the hell they're doing. I mean, it's obvious some of these police, uh, they'll tell the bikers where we're being told to do this. If they're being honest, they'll just, yeah, we're being told to do this. How valid is the data that they have? Exactly. You know, we we were informed by Bill Smith uh, 
who's a, uh, one of the AIM attorneys here in Texas, uh-huh. uh, and is the uh, he's in, he's the attorney that's at all of our COC and I meetings. Uh, we were informed by him that if for some reason your name appears on that uh, database, that criminal gang database, uh, even if you're a felon, and it doesn't make any difference when your name appears on that database, if you are free from any charges and, and or convictions, for five years after you completed your felony issue and you're free of paper, that by law your name is to be expunged from that database. Mm -hmm. I don't know how many people out there realize that. But uh, if, uh, if if that's your case, you need to be getting a hold of an attorney, and I'd call Bill Smith, uh, at William Smith Law, uh, his phone number's on the, uh, let's see, <coughs> excuse me, the website for the COC is cocdfw.com, and you'll see his name and phone number right there on the front web page. Call him. That needs to be dealt with, and that's the man that can take care of it. Your exactly, name should Mel. not be on there. <coughs> You know, Mel, if, if if everything going on with the Bandidos or any other group out there was, was as bad as they say it is, the FBI and the DPS, bikers would be in the news every night. Oh, every night. Yeah. And it, you, you look at that, like I said, that Breitbart articles on stuff that's going on on the border, and you know, um, Mel, human trafficking, kidnapping, drugs coming across the border. There's not a mention of a motorcycle. It's not anybody. Nope. Not one. Everybody. Take that article and pass it around. Share it. That is bikerradio.org. Pass it around. People need to know that it's not what they're being told. But one group that is guilty of all those crimes are outlaw public officials. In other words, police officers, border patrol, politicians, they're guilty of more of those type crimes they describe. All the biker clubs put together. All of them. Oh, sure, something happens here and there, but it's not like it's not like it's and everything, and you know, Mel, with that, uh, with the uh, the trial in San Antonio, I mean, they they call the bandidos uh, motor a mob on two wheels, with absolutely no proof that any of that's true. I mean, that shouldn't even be allowed. Yeah, because that taints the jury. Exactly. Plus the fact that they scared the jury to death with all the security, and that's what that was designed to do. Uh, 
Yep, Mel, and now let me say this to everybody. These, uh, these gang units, the cities that have them, that haven't run out of budget money, they've got to have a reason to exist. And so the harassment, the profiling is going to continue until we have thousands of other bikers decide to participate in the process. Now, if they can't justify their existence, that unit goes away. Mm-hmm. So they will do everything they can to try and try and build stats up to and including falsifying reports. Mm-hmm. They will do that because exactly. it means money. It means a budget for their department and their little power arena. Exactly, Mel. Exactly. And and Mel, let me say once again, it's it's easier to profile a biker, harass a biker who they who they know uh they're not going to catch any flack off of than it is to go out there and deal with a drug dealer, deal with a cartel. <laughs> I mean, bikers are not going to be attacking police officers. They're just not going to be doing it. They, they don't want what comes with that. Now, there are other factions in our society that don't give a damn. And, and there, are, there are areas around this country where police officers will not go. Am I right there? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> absolutely. I remember when I lived in Chicago, uh, there were places in Chicago you could call all day long and nobody's going to show up. Mm-hmm. Exactly. There are places here in Texas that are like that. Yes, there are. I mean, now, now we, hey, Mel, we've got a, we've got a female. They just announced we got a new female border patrol chief. Yeah, That's going to that. fix it, right? That's intriguing. That's going- <laughs> <laughs> right up there with a uh, a San Francisco fire chief. You know, had to work her way through the ranks. Go look at that fire chief. Whoa! I'm just saying. Gotta wonder. Oh, hey, Mel, let me congratulate, let me congratulate a school district in Tyler, Texas. That would be the Smith County School District. Mel, well, actually, it's the Tyler School District, Tyler Independent School District, Mel. They refused to change the name of Robert E. Lee High School. Thank God we have some common sense left in Texas. A school district with some balls, man. How about that? (laughs) 
What is that? that One? Is it's a start. It's a start. It's a start. <laughs> it's a... How many assholes we got on this ship anyhow? Go! I knew it. I'm surrounded by assholes. Keep firing, assholes! We got all these a-holes wanting to take down statues, change cities' names, change schools' names, uh, run around doing this stuff. Thank God somebody stood up. Thank God. Hey, Mel, one one last thing on a, on the, the police officer situation and stuff. There. Uh, and I've touched on bully cops, and you see that video in this article where this cop pulls, and I don't care that he's a sport biker. That cop jump, jumps out of his car and pulls a gun on that young man. He's, he, the, the, the biker kept his cool. He's telling the guy, hey, I can't hear you. I got on a full face helmet. The engine's running, and this cop is standing there with a gun on him demanding stuff. Now, I don't care if he was speeding, write him a ticket. You ain't got to pull a gun on nobody over that. And that police officer should be fired. Yeah, if he was in fear (laughs) for his life, they must be hiring nothing but pussies anymore. Now, uh, let me tell you, this, this guy is a bully. There are bully cops out there. That, you know, the one in Fort Worth that was spraying the uh, the pepper spray on the sport bikers that were passing by. And once again, if they're on two wheels, I don't give a damn what they're riding. A police officer does not have a right to put them in danger. You know, Mel, it's, it's, like, it's things like this. When, when the police officers want you to totally submit, sub, totally demand respect, They've got to give you a chance to do that rather than coming up and attacking you. Even if you're speeding. That's right. But in a lot of these in a lot of these cases, especially the ones on the V twins, they're minding their own damn business. They find some small infraction to pull them over over. Over over. Anyway, some small infraction. And pull them over and give them hell. You you can't demand respect when you give no respect. Just my opinion. Now, if I'm caught speeding, I'm caught speeding. That's on me. There's no sense in me being mad. And I, you know me, I got a heavy throttle hand, Mel. Yeah. <laughs> Even at my age, too. So, you know, I've always been that way. So, but, uh, you know, well, what we're going to suggest to everybody, Mel, is everybody get your warrants and stuff that you may have over speed whatever else, get all that stuff taken care of. Get all that taken care of. So, we, so when you're pulled over 
on one of these uh, what I consider illegal stops that you don't have to go into jail over some ticket so they can put it in the new news like you were doing something wrong. Yep. Or sit out there on the side of the road handcuffed. Yeah, I would make sure I'm just as squeaky clean as I can be going out there anymore. Yeah, because let me Mel, let us say this to everybody. This is this is going to continue for a while. This is this is going to continue, may continue for years if we can't bring everybody together and and demand redress for what's going on. Because right now there's no way with it. They're just flat ass getting away with it. Now, they throw the Constitution out the window. Now it still exists to a point. It really does because we use it. We we do use it. We'll continue to use it. And We'll be using it on the next trip to Waco, where we're probably going to have a lot of things to say they're not going to like. But Waco is the epicenter of it. Hey, Mel, let's uh, let's touch a little bit. Uh, you know, you're, you said your niece was over in Europe or went to London, and uh, right. of course there was there was an attack there in London. Uh, I guess a, another sidewalk attack where he drove a. a a car up on the uh, and ran over some people. Yep. Is that what happened? Yeah. By Parliament. Yeah. Well, listen to this. Do you know they have a new way of describing that attack? No, no. Do you re- You ready for this? Yeah. <laughs> In London, <laughs> here's the way they explained it. They have a new way to explain it. They said a citizen from another country committed this attack. Oh, my. A citizen from, they can't say terrorist from wherever. What is wrong with these people? They're out of their minds. Europe Europe is going through a Mideastern immigrant immigrant hell is what they're going through. It's not in our media, Mel. We we don't know what's going on over there. I mean, listen to this, Mel. Britain and your let me tell you, tell your niece, stay inside. Britain has fifteen acid attacks a week over there. People oh, throwing acid, terrorists throwing acid in people's faces. You ever, have you heard that anywhere here? Has anybody heard that? No. Nope. And Sweden, listen to this. Sweden, 100 cars were burned with the military prison attack in, listen to this, no-go zones. 
Let me say that again. No go zones. That would be the Arab hoot smell. Yeah, I, I was going to say, I certainly hope everyone understands what a no-go zone means. That's a Sharia yeah. law neighborhood. Yeah. Exactly. And if you're a Christian, if you're not a Muslim, you best not be going in there. So they're over there burning because cars willy-nilly. You won't be coming out alive. Oh, listen to this, Mel. They told them, and uh, I think uh, that they might as well get used in Sweden to being a minority. (laughs) Just get used. Get over it. They've allowed their country to be flooded with immigrants and they've lost control. They've been invaded. Yes. And not a shot fired, Mel. Not a shot fired in one of the most in one of the most armed countries on earth. They have weapons. They have personal protections. But they've turned into They've turned into what? I mean, what's the word? Pussies? Where the frick are the men? I mean, that's all I can think. Who the hell allows this to happen? Oh, wait a minute. We are. Because what they discovered on the crossing the Texas border the other day was 20 people from Bangladesh. Coming across the board. Hello, everybody. You know, you know, Mel. I'm sure over in Europe, they they wish they had Latin Americans coming in there instead of what's what's flooding in because they're coming in by the hundreds, by the boatloads. Every day. And France and Germany took in a bunch more. That's what's going on. That's not reported here. Yeah, I love the way all of a sudden everything has gone silent on Merkel over in Mm -hmm. Germany. Because she is a huge proponent of bringing refugees in. Oh, yes, she is. Yes, she is. And you'll notice there is nothing anymore. I'll tell you what, they better they better get out of that European Union that forces this, this immigration hell on these countries. Now, it's, I don't know what it takes to wake them up. Evidently, acid attacks, citizens getting running over, getting run over uh, so evidently that's not enough evidently they're going to endure that hoping that somewhere along the line it'll change 
or maybe they'll just establish more no-go zones. Is there, is there anything you want to bring up that we've left off the, the deal here? No, I don't think so. I've had more than my fair share tonight, let's say. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, uh, we live, we're, right now we're living, living in interesting times. Uh, you know, the Interesting, but I'd say scary as hell too. Yeah, I mean, you know, I, I, if you're to the point you you fear for the future of our children, our grandchildren, uh, fusion centers, all this junk going on, the internet that's out of uh, people not not showing respect for our soldiers, the national anthem, nothing. And oh, and let me say this, Mel, the NFL. I mean, it, it's like I've said before, for every action, there is a reaction. Uh, we will stand up for their right to protest. But we also have the right to do something else. And I can tell you, our Sundays now, uh, we have church on Sundays and stuff. I don't miss football one bit. I hadn't watched, I didn't watch maybe one or two games all last year, maybe that much. And even then, I was half-assed paying attention to it. And so, you know, I mean, there are other things to do. There, there surely are other things to do. And Mel here in Arlington, where they built that new entertainment center between the new the new baseball stadium and the Dallas Cowboys stadium, you can actually go there early before the game and get you an inexpensive meal, a cheap beer or a cheaper beer, rather than giving one of those damn stadiums $10 for a beer. And have the best seat in the house right in front of the TV screen. That's right. Exactly right. So it'd be and interesting that, to see is, what effect that has. Yep. Because that, yeah, that center. Years ago, I used to go to football games, and I'd get, uh, you know, we'd get go to a suite, and you get up in that mm-hmm. suite, and you're looking down, and you need binoculars, so you end up sitting in front of a television screen. Mm-hmm. Every time, best seat in the house. Yeah. <laughs> You do the same. Well, what's happened out at NASCAR right here at the Texas Motor Speedway, uh, what's happened out there is you, you go up and sit in a suite, but the damn televisions that are up there are so old and so small. Yes, you find yourself wanting to go back outside. Yeah. <laughs> Especially when you have old hens behind you just talking and cackling and carrying on. I mean... It's just not enjoyable to come in a suite there. They need to address that. Maybe I ought to need I, I've got a personal email of Eddie Gossage. Maybe I should point that out to him. Just yeah. saying. 
just because <laughs> we sat in those suites up there for a whole season after Jill got shot out there at Texas Motor Speedway. <laughs> but that's another another story, everybody. Yeah, my wife got shot by a fifty caliber rifle. <laughs> it ended. It ended our race day. That's for sure. <laughs> And, uh, you know, it could have ended Jill's life. Uh, so it was, uh, that was an experience. And we'll talk about that one of these days and about what is going on up there. Maybe maybe we'll just have a whole hour of us just telling stories about shit we've okay. done. Yeah. And, uh, oh, hey, everybody. Mel, you want to talk briefly uh, about our trip to Tennessee? Yeah, we have a uh, uh, a trip we take every year now, and it basically involves all of our chapters. Uh, we've grown now to where we're in four states. We're in Texas, Tennessee, Arizona, and New Mexico, and we're right at the cusp of five chapters. So... What we do is every year we uh, have a rally point where all the chapters get together and we get together as a club. And uh, uh, Tennessee somehow or other last year convinced us that we should go all the way to East Tennessee where they're at. Our uh, our chapter there is in Madisonville. And uh, we rented some cabins. It's... Uh, just about a nine it's a little over 900 miles out there and uh that's where we'll converge this year and ride the tail of the dragon and uh just have fun back there and uh we're going to leave on labor day weekend and we'll be back uh by the end of the next week uh looking to have a lot of fun and uh next year it'll be in texas that's right, Mel. Let me state the reason we went to t- we're going to Tennessee again this year is root beer moonshine. That's right. That's right. Never, we had a hell of a never, party in that motel lobby last year, entertaining the guests that they came in, inviting them oh, to yeah. drink with us. The desk clerks were drinking with us. We all had fun. Right a next to the old experience. Looney Bin in Memphis. <laughs> rare experience, a, a rare experience that was, where people just Absolutely. walk in off the street, saying how cool it is, and they drinking moon, root beer moonshine with us. It's other <laughs> other flavors of moonshine, but that is the moral to that story is is never vote on anything when you're drinking your moonshine. I think that's how we get through it. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Okay, everybody. Ride safe. The weather's going to clear up, I think, tomorrow. And uh, let me see. I'll mail. I'll see you on Thursday. We've got to do an oil change. Two will. Yep, we've got to do some wrenching. All right. Everybody, ride safe. Have a good evening. And uh, clear up your troubles. You know what I'm talking about. Don't give them some of the bitches a reason to arrest you and put handcuffs on you. Everybody, have a great night. Bye-bye. Good night. That's all, folks.